Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. This beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by the owners of this amazing new product called the Broth of Life. I'm joined by Ada and Alison. Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you very much for having us, Brett. I'm fascinated by this dehydrated bone broth. I love my bone broth, but I've never tried dehydrated bone broth. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it and how this uh, this all came to be. But let's start right from the start. Alison, we just spoke a little bit off air about your uh, previous career as a professional tennis player um, and how your diet back in those days and what was recommended to you was vastly different to what you do now. So how did you – well, tell us a little bit about your career first of all. Um, yeah, it was, uh, geez, I started playing tennis when I was seven and obviously that, that progressed, it's kind of snowballed and it <laughs> became my profession. Um, and a short time at the Institute of Sport, certainly the recommendations was extremely high carb. So there was a lot of bread, a lot of pasta, you know, it wouldn't be unusual for me to having pasta with tomato sauce for breakfast, um, definitely pasta with beef mince for dinner and there'd be sandwiches in there at lunch with some salad. Like there were certainly lots of vegetables, but an awful lot of carb loading. Um, which is obviously very different to where I'm at today. So what was the change for you, Alison? What made you start thinking that maybe that wasn't the way to go? Um, my body started breaking down. Uh, it's that simple. Um, a lot of injuries. Um, I constantly had a runny nose and very bad hay fever. Uh, and it was finally I saw a naturopath who said, right, let's just try taking you gluten-free for a while and dairy-free <laughs> and yeast-free and see how you go. And the difference within one month was phenomenal. It's huge. So what sort of changes were you seeing? Uh, instantly, mucus cleared up completely. Uh, a lot of my jo- joints stopped aching. The injuries reduced. Um, found my endurance was a little better. Um, and definitely the mental clarity. Oh, it just went through the roof. Yeah, huge difference. Nice. And, and so what then brought you to Bone Broth? What was your first experience with that? Um, I dabbled around with it at home for a while. And um, I do believe gut health is a... a big problem facing you know the general population today and i think uh most people definitely have a lot to heal there so yeah started playing around with that and feeling a little bit of benefits again in i've got some chronic injuries from tennis from over overdoing it and definitely felt some relief in some joints there um and i'm, I'm a work in progress i've got a lot of gut issues to heal myself so yeah i'm definitely a start a day with brothy every day nice and so ada what about you what what was how did you come across broth Oh, um, Brett, my background is I'm Hong Kong Chinese by birth and, and sort of raised 
most of the 30-odd years here in Australia. So we grew up on it. So the, the Chinese culture is you don't you waste nothing of the chicken, mainly chicken in Hong Kong. So we would always have broth at the beginning of the meal. Mm-hmm. So this is really just going back to our roots. But, but just sort of following up on what Alison said, our boys are five and a half years of age, which is probably just in between what your kids are. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but the biggest difference we've found, for me anyway, because I'm, I'm gluten-free by choice, but the boys, the minute we went gluten-free and we made that decision maybe about two years ago strongly as a family decision for us all to go gluten-free, especially with Alison's issues, but now with the broth added in to their diet, um, which has been consistent for the last year, it is phenomenal how they've weathered, say, a Sydney winter. And when we go for our monthly adjustments with our chiropractor, it's non-stop sort of accolades from her about how much our family, how strong we are in terms of weathering the storm. And, and viruses and flu and influenza A is sort of right around our area at the moment, just just because uh, for whatever reason. And the boys have escaped it. And to be honest, they are probably the reason why for me um, I do what I do because I watch the change in them. And they can't see it, of course, at five and a half, but I can. And it's phenomenal. That's awesome. You know, I'm I'm fascinated about the uh, the Asian cultures and their broth, Ada, because I was looking at some stuff recently, and they were talking about continuous broth and how apparently there are some in Asia that are actually hundreds of years old that they've actually just been wow. going for generations. And I just think that that's a phenomenal yeah. idea. Like to, <laughs> to think that one broth could actually you know go past even a generation of people and still be going. So it's obviously a huge part of the culture over there. Yeah, and look, if, if we could get it right, we've dabbled a little. You know, and imagine like your kombucha, we've had some terrible disasters. Um, so we're, we'll keep trying. We'll, we'll certainly keep trying, but it's it's on our list for a continuous broth. Yeah, for sure. That's fascinating, isn't it? All right, so so obviously you guys have, have gone a step further then in, in terms of creating a product that's a dehydrated bone broth. So how does that work? How do you make a dehydrated bone broth? I'll go with this one. I seem to be the head chef. Um, it, <laughs> you <it's>, sure are. <laughs> yeah. As per, you know, regular broth, you end up with a lovely gelatinous, you know, um, material. And it is. It's just taking it that one step further where we, we put it in. We've got commercial dehydrators. Um, so we pop it in there and it, it comes out beautiful and warm like a crispy chip. Um, our children like to hover when we're pulling the trays of dehydrated product off because it's like just a big crisp. They just love it. Very crunchy, and obviously then we, we process it down to a powder, so it goes in a jar, and it's um, a fine powder for you. Okay, and so what are, I guess what are the pros, and I guess maybe the cons of dehydrated bone broth as opposed to fresh bone broth? Um, well, the pros definitely you can you can travel with it, um, so it has a you know shelf life of six months, um, so you can transport it around very easily. Uh, it also gives you huge versatility, so you don't have to drink it because a lot of people, and especially children really don't like the taste of bone broth or find the smell offensive. Uh, so this you can sprinkle on your food. So we use it like a seasoning every night and dinner. Um, so if you're just having, you know, meat and veg, you can just sprinkle it straight on. Uh, if you're having like a bolognese-style sauce, <laughs> uh, that's just where it comes into an element and it just melts in beautifully or into any of your curries and, and so on. Um, or you can eat it straight off the spoon. A lot of people do that. Uh, a lot of children do that as well. Um, and of course you can rehydrate it with boiling water, so you can still drink it. So chicken broth, especially I find, uh, if you're coming down with a flu, it's just beautiful to drink it. It just has a really soothing feel. And of course it is beneficial for the respiratory infections. Um, 
disadvantage um, is that you can get some residue at the bottom. Um, so some of it doesn't rehydrate, and that's often a little bit of the vegetables. Um, but I'd say that's the only disadvantage, yeah. Okay, fascinating. I'm fascinated by this now. I'm, I'm absolutely going to have to try it because I have never tried the dehydrated <laughs> broth. So I'm going to have to check it out now. It sounds interesting, and it, it does sound like you could use it for a, a wide variety of sources. So um, Ada, let's talk about broth in general. I mean, we, we've sort of touched on it a bit there, but I think people um, you know, aren't a bit new to broth. They're a bit often a bit scared of broth, actually, I think, people. But what are some of the benefits of adding some bone broth into your diet and your lifestyle? Oh, I think the collagen benefits are uh, second to none. I mean, we, we talk about, I don't think we can actually consume collagen in our day-to-day diet, which is why having the bone broth in itself is just absolutely fascinating. And and the benefits, I think, I think we're always asked about whether we have any medical research papers to support our position. And in all honesty, we don't. Hmm. But just by sheer experimentation, we just know that it's, it's so beneficial for us. And we're, Alison, when you say we're constantly, constantly um, hearing from people about how it's just benefited them greatly, it sounds like an old wives' tale in some in some form or other. But I, I think at the moment there's a lot of broth in the media at the moment. Yeah, and and so maybe people are just sort of afraid of of cooking it themselves or or how to get it done. A bit like how I am with fermented foods. I keep going back to this because it's disastrous in my house. <laughs> right? I've given up. I've had to throw out two scobies, much to and Alison's ecstatic. Oh, but no. so so what so for now I guess we'll just special I'll just specialise in broth making <laughs> and I'll leave the rest to everyone else. But look, it's flavoursome, it's hearty, it, it's currently pouring rain and windy in Sydney at the moment, so it's perfect broth weather. But uh, I think once once it's like baking, once once you get on top of it and you just have a pot going and you just give it to your children like you would maybe um, their fruit and veg for the day or, or their supplements. So I think once you get that and get into the hang of it, it, it will just become second nature like it is for Alison and I. Yeah, you're going to have to check out Kyle Brock's new book, Ada. It's all about yeah, it's I all saw. about fermenting, and there's some great I recipes know, in there. There's all sorts of stuff you can do. And you know, one that I've just done, I've actually just done uh, one of uh, Joe uh, Joe Witten, <laughs> name yeah. like them. Uh, one of Joe Witten's new recipes, or I don't know if it's a new recipe. Actually, one of her recipes, which is a fermented salsa, and it's really Ooh. good. So you can, wow. it's just, and it's easy. Even I can make it. That's how easy it is. So <laughs> you should check it out. They we just saw Jeremy Princey, the holistic lifestyle, oh, this morning yeah. at, the, at the, our local markets because he's over here for <clears> his long weekend. And again, he brought something over on the plane that I thought he was going to get arrested for, for yeah. sure, as it exploded in his hand carry. But it was some sort of fermented uh, pickle of some sort. But I just got this block and fear towards it. So that's why I liken the broth for um, perhaps someone that's sort of new to this, yeah. saying, oh, my gosh, how do I do it? How do I cook it? And then I think once you get in the hang of it, people go, wow, it's really that simple. Maybe three chicken's feet, you know, that's organic um, (laughs) or free range at least. And you just chuck it in the slow cooker with water and a heap of veggies and salt and pepper and away you go. It is that simple. And I don't cook. I really don't cook. I love it. Pick the girl with the Asian background. She's like, just chuck in chicken's feet. It's fine. You know, all the Aussies are like, what? Chicken's feet? (laughs) So, so Alison, what are people's concerns when it comes to broth? You know, what what does scare people about doing broth? Um, Most people that um, are buying a product, they're usually time poor. It it is quite quite time consuming. Or they don't like the smell of broth in their house. Um, We've even had some vegetarians that have hit that desperation point where they've said, which one could I possibly try? I need to heal my gut. Um, 
and that's where we recommend the chicken one. But I think most people are afraid of probably the chicken's feet, um, <laughs> to be honest. But I think it is, it is uh, once you get used to it, it doesn't take a lot of your time. But initially to learn how to do it, people are quite scared of how long it takes to cook. And if you've made a mistake <laughs> and it doesn't work out, then have you wasted your time or what if it's not gelatinous and, oh, do I still drink it? Is it still got any benefits to it? And absolutely, yes, it still does. Yeah. Um, you just got to keep practicing, like with everything in life. You keep uh, trying and eventually you get there. I think it, and it kind of sounds harder and creepy than it is, doesn't it? Like, it, oh, yeah. You yeah. hear bone broth and it's kind of got these little connotations about it. Like, oh, my God, that sounds hard and a bit weird and a bit complicated. But, you know, I kind of liken it to doing a roast. You know, yeah. when I grew up, like, it was always like the roast was like this pinnacle thing you could do in the kitchen. <laughs> it was like to cook a roast, you know, that's like yeah. this amazing thing to do. And yeah. then I finally got around to actually cooking a roast myself and I was like, well, is that it? Like, I just put the meat in and then I put the veggies in and that was pretty much it. Like, it was actually ridiculously easy. And broth was kind of the same. It was like, so you mean I just put the bones and the vegetables into water and that's it? That's you know, it. Like, that's there's, it. There's really not that much to it. It's a lot easier than people think, I reckon. I mean, humans have been doing this since the Stone Age. It's sort of they've been doing this so long, um, so it can't be that challenging, you know. If, you know. <laughs> so yeah, what you're saying it, is, if a Neanderthal should can do it, then us boys should be able to manage. That's so right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and how often, when you're using traditional cooking, again from the Asian that doesn't cook, are you hunting for that golden elixir of that gelatinous sort of surface layer when you're cooking your soups or your stocks? I mean that. That really is is liquid gold there, and for us to be sort of storing it and waiting for that to condense, uh, coagulate, it's it's just so different or against the grain of what you would ordinarily be looking for in a soup or or a liquid. Yeah. So Ida, let's talk about this for those who are more adventurous. I mean, well, actually, no. Let's start for those who are just starting out. What uh, what broth do you recommend people make if they've never made a broth before? Oh, look, I think the beef. I, I love our beef. I, I think. When you take that lid off and the smell or the aroma of this beef bones with, you know, veggies in it and just simmering away, uh, to me it is it is home. It's just one of those things. So I think chicken's feet, as we've just identified, is a little daunting um, <laughs> and sometimes hard to find. It's very, very important to source good produce. But the beef, I think you could pop down to your local butcher and grab, you know, even half a kilo and just start there in a small pot, wouldn't you say, Alison? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the other option for people that is if they've done a roast chook and they've got their carcass left over, to potentially, you know, put that in a pot with some water and some veggies and, and give that a go. And that one only has to go for 12 hours. And that way you're not actually buying something specific, you're using some leftovers, and you're still going to have something useful at the end of it. Yeah. Do you know what's even better than that, Alison, which is I've done this a couple of times recently, is getting a whole chicken and then yeah. I just – I and, and often this is on a day when I've got to go to work and then come home and have dinner straight after. And so before I go to work, I put the whole chicken into the slow cooker. I actually cook the chicken in the slow cooker and then when I get home, I take the chicken out, I take off all of the beautifully you know slow-cooked chicken. That, that becomes dinner. Then the carcass goes back in and becomes the broth, um, and it's a perfect way to do it. You get your meal for the evening, and you've started your broth kind of at the same yeah. time. It's so good and so easy. So now you're just making me hungry. I know. <laughs> I'm making me hungry thinking about it. I'm going to have to do yeah. it tonight because yeah. <laughs> yep. that's great. And, and, you know, once you've got that liquid broth, I mean, people talk about and I think it was Joe Whitten that mentioned it, you can steam your, your veggies in it. Someone was telling yeah. me about steaming their zoodles. 
Yum. Which is a fantastic idea. And for those that have gluten-free pasta or go down that path, uh, probably not on this show, more, more zoodles and pumpkin squash, I suspect. <laughs> but, but with that broth, I mean, you've just infused those vegetables with yet another, just another gut repair. Um, which is, the the uh, ability to use it is just so versatile when you're in that headspace, I think. Yeah, it, it kind of just becomes a flavour adder to literally everything else yes. you do, isn't it? Like soups, Perfect, sauces... Yeah. Everything else you do, you put a little bit of that broth in there and it just adds so much flavour to it, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. Um, and often, you know, I've cooked a dish that it certainly doesn't need anything for, for extra flavour. Sometimes I'm adding it just for extra nutrients. <clears throat> so if I'm, I'm cooking something that just needs an extra boost, an extra hit, um, that's where I love the dehydrated broth because I just sprinkle it on at the end and I know I'm still getting that nutrient density. Nice. Nice. And so how important is meat quality when we're talking about making a broth? And what should we be looking out for? Oh, that is that is absolutely one of the most important parts. Um, organic is is almost essential, unfortunately. I know yeah. that's it's it's hard to cop because it can be hard to find, and it certainly can be more expensive. But um, if you're pretty much everything that gets injected into cattle, for example, uh, will go straight into the marrow, and if it's in the marrow, that's exactly what goes out into our stock into our broth, and that's what you're going to absorb into your system. So you're going to be absorbing the antibiotics and any other medication that they may have been given if they're non-organic cattle. Uh, so it's extremely important to be grass-fed and organic if possible. Yeah, yeah, and I guess as you're then boiling that down, then, then that may be even intensifying that and concentrating that even further as well. Absolutely. It extracts it all out of the bones. I mean, that's where we hold a lot of our, our toxins, actually in the bones and in the marrow. So, yeah, it is essential. And so, Ada, what about water quality? How important is that when you're doing a broth? Oh, it's probably our second. So, so we used to use reverse osmosis, but the quantities that we go through, um, even our water people say, gosh, we've never seen it on such a commercial scale. But, but it, if you're able to go for reverse osmosis, that in our mind is probably the purest of the pure and then sort of going down from that point on. But why would you simmer your broth in a water quality for 48 hours or so um that's something that's not as pure as as pure as you can find i think that's um it's sort of silly it, just like what Alison said about the non-organic why would you have the antibiotics or the stress of the cattle infused with with poor water quality or, or, or high fluoride content it just if you can get the best of the best then i think we're, you're doing everything you can for for yourself and for the next generation. And, and you know, it's just not nice. Like I've been to, you know, in Adelaide, we have really heavily chlorinated water in Adelaide. Yeah. And, and I've been to uh, restaurants where I've ordered their broth off of the menu and I could smell the chlorine as it was sitting oh, on my table, you know, no. from, a, from a foot and a half away. I could oh, smell geez. the chlorine in the broth. And it's just not nice. And, uh, you know, not only from a smell perspective, from a taste perspective, but then you think, well, hang on, if the whole point of this is that I'm trying to get a healthy gut and and to get healthy bacteria (laughs) in my gut, you know, I'm pouring chlorine down my throat, that just doesn't make any sense, does it? Absolutely not, yeah. So let's talk a bit, about, a bit more about the dehydrated broth. So so basically, I'm. where is this available from? Let's start there. Online for us. So we have, um, whilst we've got a lot of stockers coming on board, your best bet is to go to our website at www.brothoflife, or one word, .com.au, and we ship nationwide. In actual fact, we've just started global shipping, which is taken off by some, especially in the U.S., Wow, that's pretty exciting. We're, yeah. we're exporting to the US. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah. And Singapore. Actually, apparently they're finding it very hard to get decent grass-fed 
bones over there. That, that's what they tell me anyway. Nice. That's really cool. I like that idea. Um, and so basically then you're, you're, import, you're ordering this online. It's coming in as a powder form. And then really as far as just creating a broth, you're essentially just uh, putting how much of that into a cup and adding boiling water? Yeah, it's just one teaspoon into a cup with 100 mils of boiling water. Um, that's the starting point. I personally like it a lot stronger. Um, so it, it then becomes a personal preference. Nice. But, but truly, the, the best thing is, is sprinkling on your food. I think that's yeah. where it just comes into its own. I'm an eater, not a drinker of my own product, the RNA. <laughs> <laughs> so I sprinkle it literally on everything. So I actually take normally beef out with me in a jar everywhere, and I just, I just pull it out of my handbag and sprinkle it on my meal. And, and what sort of comments do you get, Ada, when you do that? Uh, <laughs> I try and hide it when I, I guess I'm out, not to, be, not to be offensive. But it doesn't look, it looks innocuous. There's no, it doesn't really look any different. But the flavour it packs into those little granules are simply amazing, especially on a beef bolognese sauce. It is one of my family favourites. Yum. That is making me t- hungry now. That sounds really good. <laughs> um, so, Alison, tell us about the FODMAP-friendly versions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, people following a FODMAP diet are, are definitely working on their gut health. Um, so that one only, we only put salt and carrot. Um, so they're definitely the FODMAP friendly uh, vegetable in there. So we removed the onion, removed the garlic, removed the celery. Um, yeah, so exactly the same process, just the changed ingredients um, to help, just give the extra help to those that are really working hard fighting off, you know, IBS and other gut issues. And we've certainly had feedback, um, which I don't know why it surprises me, but it still does. And we, we get all that positive feedback saying it's the only thing that's helped my IBS. Thank you so much. And, yeah, really, yeah, good. Amazing. All right, let's talk about some of the other products because you guys do tallow as well. So tell us a bit about your tallow. How do you make that? Um, again, we buy organic, pure organic, a pure organic beef fat, and we slowly render that down um, and clean it and then render it again. Uh, so that gives you a, a beautiful cooking fat that's obviously high in vitamin D and um, you know has a high smoke point as well and a better option to some other oil, oils that are out there. So for those who don't know, how do you render fat? Uh, it's by cooking it at a slow temperature for a long time so it melts, um, so it turns into a liquid. Uh, so tallow is often used, um, I think it's sometimes used in soaps and candles as well. Okay, and and so the tallow then predominantly just used for for cooking, or do you add it into any of your recipes? What what else do you use that for? I really just use it for cooking. Uh, so if I'm frying or if I'm doing something in the oven, anywhere that you would normally use fats or oils um, with with cooking, I it, you, I wouldn't eat it cold. Yeah. <laughs> so it, <laughs> although I did have a customer email me saying she did, and I was like. Oh no! Ew. Oh no! Wrong, yeah. wrong application. But yeah. if you, I don't know. For me, I find coconut oil a little overpowering. Okay. So even now, I can I can pick it when Alison's cooked dinner with it, and I look at her and go, "There's coconut oil in this, isn't it?" And she goes, "Yes, we were out of tallow." And I was like, oh, "Rats!" And so, as far as the smoke point, what is? Do you know what the smoke point is for tallow? How high is it? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it is somewhere around 180. Okay. So, so similar, I think that is to coconut oil, then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is very similar. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. So it's the same thing. It's solid at room temperature. Yeah. Um, and depending where you live in Australia, of course, um, and obviously turns to liquid when it gets heated. Okay. And so then, Ada Brello, what is that exactly? That's our fat that we render off our beef broth. So we've 
combined the the name for it just and it's probably unknown to the market but it's a perfect it it's a really versatile fat as well like the tallow and probably a little stronger in flavor for some we found it it's um a point of personal preference whether you prefer one or the other i think allison likes prefers the tallow i don't mind the brello and it's just uh it's just one of those things that you, you just choose which one you like with you know like potato or sweet potato that sort of thing and so essentially that's yeah the the so I guess a lot of people at home will have done this as well, where you've, you've made your bone broth, you end up with a, a thick layer of fat across the top. Um, you know, most of the time I like to leave that in and, and enjoy that with the bone broth, but you can also, I guess, skim that off and, and use that as a as a brello as well. Yeah, that, and, and a yeah. lot of people do. I think they, I get a lot of feedback to say they do that already because it's another sort of continuous fat, isn't it? It's like saving the, the fat from the roast. Yeah. Would you not, and then make your um, gravy with that, something similar, just, just, Many ways of of um, using in every sort of aspect that comes off the broth. Yeah. So, Alison, you've mentioned some stories there. Obviously, you said uh, you know people with IBS. Uh, you know, obviously, it sounds like you're getting a lot of these stories coming through. What are the most common things that you're seeing people are getting helped with as a result of adding some more broth into their life? Um, look, we definitely have um, a lot of parents of children suffering with autism or behavioural disorders. Uh, and they've been very grateful that it's enabled them to travel uh, so they know their children are still getting to eat some nutrient-dense foods because uh, a lot of those children can be extremely fussy with what they'll eat and are requiring high density of nutrients in their stomachs to keep them on a healing path or keep their behaviour in line, for want of a better word. Um, so we've had, had several, um, feed, several people with feedback along those lines. Um, others with... Um, autoimmune diseases, they've definitely been coming back saying it's helping them. Mostly it's all been about gut health um, because as, as science is slowly catching up, it's, you know, we're learning more and more about the microbiome and how the gut is responsible for almost everything that's going on in the body. Um, you know, Hippocrates had it right, all disease begins in the gut. Um, I don't know why we all diverted from what he said those many years ago. <laughs> Great. And so um, what's next for you guys as a company? Have you got any other products that you'd love to add into your range? What's, you know, do you want to spread out and cover the rest of the world? What's your next goal? Well, we've just moved into our new factory. That was that was a, a sort of pinching moment, I think, for about a month. I've been pinching myself every time we, we walked in there and went, oh, my goodness me, we are grown-ups now. But we have been sitting on, Alison's been sitting on a... Um, am I allowed to say, Alison? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So we've been toying with a sweet potato chip idea with our broth. Um, so that's something that we're, we're looking at bringing out. And, and the other thing we get is a lot of requests from the vegetarians about bringing a vegan or vegetarian-friendly broth um, to the market. And I'm just handing that one over to our resident chef, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and just yeah. see how we go with that. All right. Well, tell us about these things. First of all, I want to know about the sweet potato chips and the broth. How is that working? What, what sort of chip are we talking? Are we talking like a thin-cut chip or are we talking like a potato chip? What are, what's I'm this? thinking more like a thin-cut chip. Um, I'd love to see it in kids' school lunchboxes instead of packets of crisps. Um, so, again, I'm thinking of, a, a, again, just experimenting at the moment. But, yeah, sweet potato, like in a mashed version, uh, mix it with our dehydrated broth, um, and, yeah, coming out with something like a crisp that we'll put in little bags and 
send out there. That sounds great. If you need yeah. testers for that, just let me know. <laughs> that sounds really good. I like the idea of that. I think we will need testers, yeah. yeah. And I think you've been hearing in the background our resident testers. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, tried to distract you. Yeah, I've been trying to distract them. On well, I've definitely things, got a couple of those at my place who'd yeah. be more yeah. than happy to try out those chips, yeah. I reckon, because yeah. they yeah. sound pretty good. And so yeah. the vegetarian version of the broth, uh, what will be? Will that just be a vegetable base? Will there be anything else well, you need to add into that? Still researching a lot on that. Um, to do a, I could do a stock quite easily, like a vegetable stock, which I still think the marketplace needs because there's so many additives and rubbish added to uh, vegetable stocks that you find on supermarket shelves. Um, but the other one, I mean, I'm looking into kelp or some seaweed or how I can get some, you know, more dent, more, you know, nutrient density into it. Um, yeah. To do a full blown vegan broth, I think that's the only way you could call it a broth. Yeah, would be and if I, guess- I got that in there. You're never going to get, I guess, the benefits of the collagen, etc. No, no. It's never going to be quite the same. Um, and I'd certainly write about that and let people know that. But, you know, there's there's been a big request. A lot of vegetarians and vegans are asking us to produce something for them. Yeah, so, interesting, interesting. Well, maybe that will just be what they need to start to, you know, sneakily convert them over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and get and them we into live paleo. on the northern beaches, so if you see a little Asian at the beach scrounging around for seaweed... Yeah, to bring our broth, you'll know that that's that's us trying to experiment to to bring a vegan friendly broth with seaweed. Well, guys, we're out of time, so thank you so much for coming on today and teaching us everything we ever wanted to know and more about broth. Um, for those people who want to find you guys, they can find your website is www.brothoflife.com.au. Um, they can find you on Facebook at Broth of Life and Instagram at Broth of Life. Um, obviously, they can buy those products online, the dehydrated bone broth, chicken, beef, and lamb, the FODMAP-friendly versions, the tallow, the brello, soon to be the sweet potato chips. So um, that's pretty exciting. So thank you so much for coming on today, guys. Thanks, thank Brett. you very much. Thanks for having us, Brett. It's been great. My pleasure. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com, and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.